box, office, refund, box office refund podcast. Hello and welcome to Box Office Refund Podcast. I'm Nico Bell. And I'm Ward. And we review low-rated movies. And decide if their critics were wrong. Ward, how you doing tonight? Um, I don't even know. I'm still trying to sort that out. This movie's <laughs> fresh in my mind. I'm trying to forget it. And uh, it's... This was, a, this was a bad one. I, I take the blame for this. It started out promising. Uh, okay, so we watched the 2016 Exposed. It has Keanu Reeves in it. So I was thinking surely Keanu, with all of his success, would pick good movies to do. Clearly, this was not the case with this one. It's about, I'll read the premise. It's a police detective investigates the truth behind his partner's death. The mysterious case reveals disturbing police corruption and a dangerous secret involving an unlikely young woman. Now, I would argue that's not what this movie is about. <laughs> Five minutes in, I paused the movie and I went <laughs> back to make sure I was on the right movie. Like... What is happening here? I was not prepared for this level of it, nonsense. Yeah. But it, it was actually intriguing. Like, I liked it. I'm like, well, this could be cool. But the movie, every five minutes, reminds me, no, this will not be cool. And it just keeps lowering the bar. This gets worse and worse. And by two-thirds in, I'm like, well, there's no way they can pull this out. This is going to be My terrible. notes are just filled with the phrase trash movie over and over again. It, if I had to describe the movie, I would say... Let's see, albino alien angels <laughs> manifest in a girl's mind to help her cope with the past, and then a completely different plot line, Keanu Reeves is trying to find a killer. That's the best I could do. But I will say, saying they manifest in her mind, that is a bit of a spoiler, and that was a little disappointing when we get to that they are part of her mind. I thought I thought this movie was going to go like some weird sci-fi thing. Yeah, and that would have been really interesting. I, I mean, if you're going to do that, you've got to go somewhere with it. In this nah. movie, they get to the end, they're like, oh, crap. You mean we have to wrap that up? Oh, I've got nothing. It's so, so bad. I have so many things to say. That should be the title of this movie. I've got nothing. The lead lady's name is Isabel. Isabel. So I will... The yes, character's name, I will yes. try to call her Isabel. Isabel speaks no English, by the way. Uh, in America. She lives here. She's married to a military man who's overseas. She's staying with his family. When did you realize he was in the military? Uh, it took me and it, and probably until the Skype session. <laughs> where I didn't realize it until he died. I was like, what are these military people here for? What's no, going on here? No, 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 it's no. like, oh, that's what he was going on no. on his Skype. He's in the military. You, When they were Skyping, you didn't realize he was in the military? He could be a businessman that travels. Like, I don't know. He was not wearing a uniform. There was nothing that was distinctly oh, military about that. He was in a nice shame. room. Usually in the military, when they Skype, you know, it's some, like, plywood shed. Oh, that's kind of a shame. Not that it really matters at all in the movie if he's in the military or not. But, like, I can't believe you didn't realize that until the end. <laughs> they weren't very clear on that. No, nothing in this movie is well, clear. At yeah, all. that's that's part of the problem. This movie is that they omit half the story of everything yeah. for some big reveal. And I thought, oh, this is gonna be really neat. No. You know, what's gonna this is gonna be? And then as you go on, you realize, well, I'm not sure they can still make the reveal cool. Then as you get closer, then you realize there's no way they can save this. Like they've just they've omitted this story just to pull that big surprise, and it will not live up to my expectations. It won't live up to my worst expectations. This movie continually sets the bar lower. Every minute that passes, that bar gets lower and lower. And, you know, if you think, oh, man, Keanu Reeves, he makes every movie better. No. Here's the one where he doesn't. I know. I, I actually was wondering what, what, how does he pick his movies these days? Because clearly he doesn't need money anymore. So how would he, what, what possessed him to take on this role? That's, that's. 
that's what I really like to know. But I, I can't. It, the plot was so bad that it just. I'm like dumbfounded with this movie. I'm so disappointed in it. Let's get into it. Okay. Well, I think one thing about this movie, and I don't really want to say this to defend it, but apparently, the if you read the credits, the director, um, he was credited as Declan Dale when the director was, in fact, G. Malik Linton, and he did not want to, I don't know why he didn't want to be credited, oh. but I do know that the studio, when they got in the movie, when it was nearing completion, they did not like it because they said there was not enough Keanu Reeves, and they wanted the movie to be more about Keanu Reeves, which maybe kind of explains a little bit. But there are still some huge problems, even if you excuse that portion of it. It's so weird, because you have two storylines going on, and the whole time I was thinking, how are these going to connect? What what are we going to do here with the two of them? And when you figure it out, it's not as dynamic as I had hoped that it would be. I just, I was it was very disappointing. You have Isabel, who is, like I said, she's living with her, which I didn't realize, it took me a while to realize who she was in the family because we just see her as this like beautiful young woman talking to this guy who is very protective of her. And he makes a comment that he's the brother-in-law. So it took me a little while to piece together because I didn't realize that he had a brother. I don't know. I was very confused about the family relation, but she, her storyline is that basically she can see angels we will get into that. <laughs> well, and that's unclear. I mean, like, are these angels? Is this something else? You know, it kind of keeps you guessing. You think, how cool is this going to be? And the answer yeah. is zero cool. Ne- actually, negative cool. It just... Well, she goes I, down... I don't know. She goes it's down bad. into the subway, the creepiest well, subway well, on the planet. I want to talk about the first scene. The first, the first scene, scene? I is her face on a yellow background. I'm thinking, okay, that's an interesting way to open the movie. Why? And the answer is there's no real there's good no reason. Because she has a very pretty face. She's a very beautiful actress. I don't know her name. I didn't look it up. Anna de Armas. Okay. Well, she was in the Blade Runner remake. Oh, okay. She was like the big, um, there's some big screen. She's like a oh, computer program oh, nice. type thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. So. Hey, that's actually the best part of this movie that she was in another movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surpri- I hate to say it, I'm surprised that someone like saw this and was like, yep. She'll go to another movie. It's one of those movies where it's like, really? People saw this and then their careers continued? Really? Um, but she, she's very sweet. She's set up as very, very religious. We get that right off the bat. And she uh, is at this club, this nightclub, and her brother-in-law is very protective of her. And he walks her to the subway. And it is very late at night. And she is all alone in the subway, which immediately I'm thinking. Quick, quick question. I just want to jump yeah. in here. When he walks to the subway, he gives her a knife at that point, right? Don't do we see? No, that no, in the we first don't scene? see that. You just spoiled like the ending. Uh, yeah. Well, I just when the movie replayed the scene again, I'm like, oh, I must have missed that the first time around. Well, here's the thing. He get. Oh, I don't know how to talk about now, this movie. There's a couple of things in. about this because one thing that surprised me, he walks her to the subway entrance. I'm thinking, yeah. it's kind of a creepy looking entrance. I mean, yes. if he's that protective, why not just walk her all yes. the way to the subway car? Yes. If I were her, I would want that protection. It is literally nobody there. That is scary. Well, then she walks in. It's a tunnel. The tunnel is, I don't know, 10 miles long. And as soon as I saw a homeless guy, like not to discriminate against homeless guys, I'm like, he's going to attack her. Something's going to happen. And he didn't. And then when I see the next homeless guy, I'm like, well, that guy, like, you know, something bad's going to happen to her. But. And. Okay. it, It doesn't in the first scene. Right. So in the very first scene, what happens is she sees. 
And I'm just going to say, like, how I saw it. It's like what I perceived to be like an albino businessman walking onto the tracks. And then he floats above the tracks and kind of looks at her and kind of, like, gives her the equivalent of, like, a thumbs-up look in his eyes. What's up, girl? How you doing? Exactly. And then walks back to the platform. The subway stops, and he gets on. So that's that's sort of our beginning of what we think about Isabel. Is she that crazy? is a huge moment. Yeah. I'm watching this movie and thinking, okay, like, you know something's going to happen in this subway. I'm thinking, all right, the movie's going to hinge on whatever happens next. Yeah. And then that guy walks out and like, okay, maybe he's a drug dealer. I don't know. He's He's got to be something. And then when he floats in air, I pause it and I go back to check the description of this movie yeah, because yeah, I'm not uh-huh. sure what yep. I just stumbled into. Because yep. immediately it's like, is she crazy? Is she seeing some sort of... I was thinking... I was thinking alien. I know that's so far off base, but when you see the next It's really not. When you see the next figure, the next quote unquote angel, that's when I was like, what what is this movie? Is this a sci-fi movie? How is Keanu Reeves gonna be connected to any of this? I thought this was a cop movie. Joke's on me. I know <laughs> this is not a cop movie. But I, I will say though, that whole scene I'm like, well, I'm more intrigued yes. than I would have been because this is something very unique. Yes. And the movie just can't capitalize on yeah. it. Like that, that this is the peak of the movie five minutes in. It only gets worse from here. I would say that I like the other angel better. I think she was way more intriguing. She was so striking. She was white from head to toe. I don't even think she had like a mouth. She had like these big dark eyes. And she looked like she was wearing something very regal with a high collar. Yeah. And I thought, like, okay, maybe this is like the queen of some like civilization like I, I mean i was so baffled by it but that was striking you know like seeing these images of her visions or whatever that was so beautiful and striking and i was like man i want to see that movie that was yeah. that was not the movie that we got and that was very disappointing and we really have no basis for these images no. i mean once we get to the end and figure out all right this is what happened well where did she create these images i don't even know where she would have gotten such an image i know it's it's so bizarre and i don't even okay i mean if we're gonna see scary people wouldn't the very first guy be the scariest you know being yeah i mean if we're gonna make it you know analogous to what's happening in the real world i don't even know because the first the first angel that we just talked about he kind of was a manifestation to help her cope with what the reality of the situation was going on. Something bad was happening. We'll talk about that later. And so she manifested or saw this angel to kind of help her cope with it. But then later she starts to see the female angel, that beautiful queen one, and that isn't manifesting anything. Like that queen shows up like at a restaurant, on the street, like in a room. Like she doesn't replace anything. Does that make sense? Like, she's just yeah, no, yeah. showing up. And I was like, what's the purpose of her versus him? And, like, I thought I thought there was, like, a higher calling for this girl. I, I don't know. There should be. There should and be. And then the problem yeah. is, when that being, I wasn't sure if there was a connection between that being and the business guy. Yeah. You know? like, I mean, if, they, if they're the same thing, like, okay, there's something here, but they aren't. I mean, you never, potentially, they aren't even connected. Yeah. And then this being starts talking to her, at least calling to her later. So I thought that would lead to something. And it's it's nothing. It's all a bunch of nothing. And yeah. that's, this. I mean, this movie falls apart long before that. this, yeah. but that did not help. Well, anybody. and then the queen lady talks in autotone. Like, not autotone. What is that? The Monotone? Well, yeah, but it has like that, um, you know, when singers can't sing and they put that auto- autotune. Yeah, yeah auto-tune. so she has that autotune and that was pretty cool. Like, 
I mean, that was mysterious and, you know, that was fun. And I was, I just didn't. Even at the very end, it confused me when she appeared at the very end scene and then she kind of turned into Keanu Reeves. Do you remember that? What? Uh, she was in the very end scene. She was standing in the bed, in the, in the room. Like we're talking about one of these beings. Yeah. The, the lady was standing in the room at the very, very end when Isabel is holding that girl yeah, on the chair. And then she walks and we sort of see like something blocking the screen. And she walks sort of behind whatever's blocking the screen. And Keanu Reeves appears after that. It's like as if Keanu Reeves is her guardian angel. I was wondering if they were trying to say that. But he has no connection to her. No. Nah. At all. There's no nope. reason for these two to be the same movie. It was like two completely separate movies. Well, I mean, they're connected, yeah. but we don't really know why, and it doesn't really matter no. for 99.8% yes. of the movie. Yes. And, I mean, let's get to the Keanu subplot. Before I do, I just I want to say some things about Keanu, and I these were rolling around in my head before I saw the movie. At the end of the movie, I was not did not have kind things to say about Keanu. But Keanu is amazing. He's a philanthropist. He gives. Yes. He gave ninety percent of his Matrix money to the special effects and makeup people because he said they are the ones that made the movie. Yep. And he made over a hundred million, so yep. he gave away a lot of. Like Keanu is amazing. Yes. He's just not amazing in this. Yeah. And, I mean, the man's done comedy. He's done John Wick, which may be his best role. Yeah. And so when he pops into the picture, he's at the subway, the very same subway entrance we saw Anna at at the beginning. Yes. And so, oh, was this albino guy his partner? Is his yeah, partner power? Yes, like, what's, yes. what's happening here? Like, yep. why is he here now? And then throughout the movie, I just kept wondering, why did the movie not show us the crime scene? I mean, yeah. usually in movies, that's a pretty big deal. And I thought, okay, actually showing us the crime scene would be a big clue as to what in the world is going on here. Yeah. But this just seems like a clumsy way to obscure that. Well, I had no idea... What was what was the purpose of anything? Because I didn't see the crime scene. I had no idea who his partner was. So I was just kind of waiting for them to show me a picture of the partner to make sure it wasn't the albino guy. It's angel guy. So it, I wasn't even invested in that storyline until like two thirds into the movie when they start talking to the wife of the guy who died. And then even that, oh my gosh, even that was very strange. That's a strange That's, trip. I don't even know how to talk about this movie because I'm so angry with so much of it. But it's so much of the end stuff that cycles back into the beginning of it that I'm I'm so angry with. It's like this is a quadrilogy of movies and we're only catching the last one. It's insane. It's so insane. So you have that religious one and she is, you know, she's just so pure. That's how it's set up. She's just so pure and fragile. And she is just this doting, lovable wife who's waiting for her husband to come home from war. And she's teaching Sunday school. And everyone in the family uh, is Was that Sunday school her. or just like preschool? Oh, it could have been just preschool. I, I mean, she I was doing was religious stuff. So I was assuming that it was like a Sunday school. But she, yeah, I, I mean, she's very, she was teaching them about the devil. So, but she. Well, the movie's got to get that religious undertone uh, in there somehow. I, did they? Did they? Well, I guess she sees a angels or some sort of being. So I guess we need to have some religious undertone. Well, and then Ugh. pretty quick after we see Keanu and then Anna, and they kind of set up those stories. They are both after this unicorn. So I thought. Okay, where is this going to go? Yes. What is the connection to here? And the answer is none. There is no connection. This was just this weird uh, digression down a path that has nothing to do. Like that's so much of this movie is 
why are we here? What are we doing? What's going on? And the answer is, no reason. We just had to entertain you for two hours. Well, wait. We had so to fill you have to space. mention that Isabel has a very strong connection with a little girl named Elsa, I believe, or something like that. Elsie? Elisa? Elisa, yes. So she has a very strong connection with Elisa. And we get the sense that Elisa is having something's wrong at the home. There's some sort of neglect. Elisa has a unicorn, stuffed unicorn that she has apparently lost. And so Isabella gets her a new stuffed unicorn. Now, okay, I can buy all that with the unicorn and everything, even though it never comes into play ever again. But Keanu stops a man and a child on the street and asks where to get the unicorn. And I don't understand. Yep. Why does he do that? Can you can you just tell me why Why does he care I, about a stuffed unicorn? I can't even begin to explain <laughs> it. I mean, my notes, my notes are this. This movie is setting up something. I don't know what. Like a few paragraphs later. This movie's still setting it up. I'm still not sure what it's setting up. I hope to find out what this movie's setting up. Nope. And like, I mean, eventually we get to the end, but there's just so many little weird things in here that make no sense. Like, I, I thought, too, I thought that, that was going to be the connection. Like, he was going to go to the store to buy the unicorn and meet her and then talk. But he doesn't even, he's not even in the same scene with her until the very last scene. Yeah, very last scene. Like, that is not hyperbole. They yeah. have one scene together, the very last scene. Yeah. And I thought, well, the unicorn, I thought, okay, maybe they're connected cosmically somehow. Like, I mean, I don't know what this movie is. So I thought, well, maybe there's some kind of cosmic connection. I don't know. Maybe there's these beings are, like, controlling them subconsciously. That would like, be there's cool. all these cool theories I got. And then this no. movie's like, nah, none of that, man. That's You're, you're thinking too hard. Keanu doesn't do anything with her, though. Like, his, his goal is to find out who killed his partner. His partner is extremely dirty. So he is checking out all of these people who have grudges against his partner. One of the person who has a grudge against him is the brother-in-law of Isabella. So the only thing Keanu knows is that this brother-in-law was at a club with Isabella because there's a picture of them. And, and that's it. Like, he doesn't interview her. He's like, I think she knows something, but he doesn't interview. He says her. that multiple times. He's like, I think she knows something, but I don't want to bring her in because I don't. Yeah. I don't know if he says that would kill her or, or something. Get her in tr- yeah, because all the people like, that he's interviewing yeah. are like getting killed because the bad person thinks he snitches. I didn't even follow the storyline of the bad guys and the corrupt cop. I, I follow that, and I kind of love it because it's what I think it is. It's completely stupid. The bad guy. He thinks he's implicated, so to avoid suspicion, he murders people. That's is that his what was plan. Happening? Yeah, I had no to plan. avoid suspicion, I'm going to murder more people. Like they think I killed a guy, so let me kill other people, so they don't think I killed wait, the first he, guy. It is an amazing wait, plan. I love it. Wait, he, okay, that I yeah, you I, heard that right. He, That's the plan. He, he, I know he killed the people. He killed the people who had no idea who killed the bad cop because because yep. he was impl- that hurts my brain. I, I don't. I don't know that guy's name. I'm gonna call him drug dealer. Okay. Yes, he is. So yes. drug dealer. He's afraid. He thinks the cops think he killed Cullen. I got the that. The dirty cop. Okay. And he did not kill Cullen. No, he did not. So to cover his tracks and avoid suspicion, he's gonna murder half a dozen people. That is his plan. I don't. I can't make sense of that, but I just know that's his plan, and I love it. <laughs> he kills a lot of people. Yeah. Like, he is out for blood, and I was so and confused by that. That whole arc, it feels like it's from another movie. Like, they're like, hey, we got some scenes of this dude. How can we work him into this movie? <sighs> oh, my gosh. The, you saying but, that just blew my mind a little bit. Uh, but here's the, here's the crazy thing to me. That's not even the craziest thing to me, ugh. drug dealing serial killer. Keanu Reeves' 
partner is dirty. Very. Picture the dirtiest cop you've ever seen. Yep. And this guy will make them look like a saint. Yeah. And Keanu did not know. And that's bewildering. How does he not know this guy is so dirty? I mean, A, people talk. You know, just the rumors would circulate right here, even if the guy himself didn't admit it. Yeah. But apparently this guy just, you know, pillages the village from the time he wakes to the time he goes to bed. I feel like Keanu would have seen the guy do something dirty because this guy is the worst scum of the world. Yeah. How does, and all Keanu ever says is, he was there for me when I needed him. I don't even know what that means. Like I, I get kind of went through divorce and but it, there's no way he doesn't know. So his whole mission to find his partner's killer, you should have killed him yourself. I mean, yeah. there's no way he didn't know what the guy did. Yeah, that I agree. Like once we know how dirty cuz he's like sexually assaulting random women all the time. Like, on the street. On the street. Like in daylight. Yeah. Yeah, besides, like, taking money from drug dealers and stuff like that, he also, like, sodomizes a kid. I don't know. I don't know which one he did, but I think he might have been the brother-in-law or something. I don't know. Yeah. So he is clearly the scum of the earth. I don't know why anybody wants to find the killer. You know, like, like, it's just, I hated all of that. I hated all of that. Oh, boy. So that's that's Keanu's story. We got... (laughs) What got that going on? Meanwhile, well, like, well, I, I want to say on Keanu for a minute just to round out his arc. Uh, does he have an arc? You know, well, I mean, I, as much as I, I don't know, it's, what I don't know what's an arc. Like he's, a radian? Well, Maybe he has a radian. It's not really a full arc. Yeah. But his he he's investigating this. His boss tells him not to, and the boss is like, "Look, man, if you uncover this, it's bad for the department." Yeah. Uh, Cullen's widow will not get the yep. pension. Mm-hmm. Think about the children, Keanu. Think about the children. And he's like, uh. But he was there for me when I needed him. Yeah, he, uh, he was there for me when I needed him. Yeah, like a it makes no sense. And, a, and a thief and probably a murderer. Yeah, like we're going to stick... Oh, uh, you right know now. that that guy has a huge body count. There's no way... He, like, the dude just... He attacks people in broad daylight as a cop. It's ridiculous. And his widow. His widow. Oh, my gosh. So it, she's played by Mira... Let me look it up. It's Mira... Mira Sorvino, yeah. Mira Sorvino. Who's like a really good actress. Like they had some really good people in this movie playing these roles. She's a little psycho in this movie. I didn't think we needed her storyline at all. She's a grieving widow who basically comes on to Keanu Reeves. Uh, you just said she came on to Keanu, but I want to do that scene justice because we like we open this scene. I really want to know what happened because we open the scene and she's in laundry giving Keanu a cupcake because it's his birthday. And... He bites into that cupcake like he has not eaten in a week. He chomps into it. I'm thinking, there's a woman in her underwear in front of you. Oh my God. How did you get in this situation? Did you come here for cupcakes? So and she, right. like, I just want to know how they got to that point because it's bewildering. I wrote that in my notes. I wrote monster bite because he just, like, devoured that and she just takes her little like finger and like scoops up the icing and is trying to like lick it all seductively <laughs> and he's like the first time he's had a carb in like nine years yeah. <laughs> it was fantastic and i i just i don't even know why she's doing any know. of that there's no context for it it makes I and mean, this is i mean this scene was after she yelled at him for like why are you investigating yep. my husband it, what is going on I in this movie? I just feel like I'm missing half of everything. The movie's omitting a lot of stuff just for a big reveal in the end. And as this went on, I knew the reviews were bad. I was like, there's no way they can pull this out. This is just ridiculous. Well, but I do want to, I want to insert this. We jumped ahead. I want to jump back because okay. there's all these weird, I hesitate to say cosmic experiences, but characters have these shared experiences. 
and there's one involving the dog, and I think the dog is the unsung actor in this movie because that dog does one thing. It sits still and does nothing, uh, yeah. and these actors are always trying to ascribe emotion to the dog, <laughs> and the dog does nothing the entire time. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like, hey, buddy, calm down, yes, calm down. Yes, He's he sitting there doing so, nothing. They're giving him a bath, and the actor's like, calm down, calm down. It's almost done, and that dog is like on some Xanax. He does not care. Yeah. The actor's lifting the dog's legs, trying to get him to move. The dog's like, no, man. I'm chilling. I know what I'm supposed to do. That dog is amazing Even the in the movie. Dog, if anything, watch the movie for the he dog. He did not want to be there. Even he was like, I'm not giving this an A-plus performance. Can I say no. when the dog dies, when the dog dies, guys, the girlfriend is walking the dog. The dog gets off of the leash. That leash, it just like separates like it was connected by magnets. That's not even possible. It's stupid. It was so stupid. And the dog dying was stupid. I hate when they kill animals. This was not even necessary, but I guess it was symbolic because the husband dies overseas. Yeah, that's what I don't get. I don't know. The dog and the husband die at the same time. So, like, oh, this obviously has some significance. No, it does not. It, there's no point well, to it. Well, here's the thing. The dog dies, and the cut, the very next scene to Isabel standing in the hallway crying, and all the family around in tears, and I thought they were crying over the dog. I was like, <laughs> wow, they really uh, loved it. And then you pan and see that there's military people, and then it's like, oh, for goodness sakes. Like, you know? I just, I could never understand why all this stuff was in one movie. I and I still don't understand why it was all in one movie. It could have been split up, or they could have meshed it better to, like, I don't know. Well, they could have split it up, because then you'd have, what, like, four 30-minute movies? I don't know. It was... Which would have been better, because if I'd wasted 30 minutes of time, that'd be better than wasting a full two hours over this nonsense. Well, Isabel's story isn't even necessary with the child. So the child... She is, and we perceive it, we watch it as it's going on. She is basically trying to save this child from what she believes to be some sort of neglect in the household. And that's basically her plot, is caring for this child and seeing weird alien angels. Until, like, the very well, end. I mean, it's not just dealing with trauma in two different directions. Yeah. But, I mean, you get to the end, it's like, well, she's just seeing a whole lot of stuff. And the movie never, I mean... Like, it never clues us into that Elisa could be a figment of her imagination. Because there's at one point, uh, I went ahead and I read what this movie's about. Like, after the business suit angel guy, yeah. I went ahead and read the spoilers for this movie. Oh, did you? I just wanted to know what I was getting into. Okay. Yeah. So, I knew Elisa was fake, but I was watching this not knowing that. Like, I was trying to watch in that context. And there's one scene in the classroom where she talks to Elisa, and then the kids say, Hey, yeah. Miss Anna, mm-hmm. who are you talking? Yeah. Like, it's completely straight. This movie provides no clues at any point. And yeah, I guess it could be cheesy if you did, but they could do some subtle things. Yeah. But the fact that she's seeing weird alien angels and Elisa makes it just weird that we're burning the candle from both ends. Well, Elisa didn't even need to exist in the storyline. She never. So Elisa's a figment of her imagination. Can I just say, can we just talk about like the end? Because it all circles together. Well, I don't, we can't get there yet because there's, there's a few things. You have not even covered the Immaculate Conception. Oh, gosh. So, uh, uh, Elisa, you just said she's a figment of imagination, so we can at least go with that. But the reason she's there doesn't really play into the final scene. Because uh, the final... I don't know if it does or not. I, I, I have would, no idea I what it plays no. into. Because... Because I think what they were... Is, is there... Okay, here. I, the, I think what right. they were trying to say is that she was so... Tra- she was traumatized as a child... And that yeah, that's justifies what, I was thinking. what she did in the subway. But she was justified in the subway, even if she wasn't traumatized as a child. Like, 
any woman in her position was in a hundred percent right to do what she did as a result of what happened in the subway that night with the alien floating guy. So they didn't even need to have any of that backstory or plot in it to it. That's what I'm saying. Uh, well, I wondered, like, she killed a family member. Who was that family? Was that her dad? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She killed him. So, well, with Elisa and her killing her dad, I wondered, did she suffer trauma in her when she was a, yeah. like a girl? Did her dad yes. do that to her? Well, that's it. That is her as a little girl. But that's not very clear, though, if that actually happened or if that's a result of the subway. Like, it never really puts context to that to confirm that, yes, that happened when she was a child. Because mm-hmm. is she just protecting the subway trauma on Elise? And I, I don't know. And the movie doesn't answer well, that. She, well, Elise is her as a little girl because she says she used to have people call her Elise. And then you see the picture in the very final scene of the Elise and Elise. Oh, yeah. Dad. Yeah. But describe that picture. We, we see, it's like a little pan yeah. out. Like, it's so. So bad. she's definitely like seeing herself as a child. And her dad definitely abused her. So that's why she kills her dad. But none of that. But did the dad definitely abuse her, though? Like, I mean, I the only, the only confirmation we have that is that, you know, this link we're giving to Elisa, the kid. I mean... And I don't I don't know. Like, I don't know if I can trust this movie. There's a lot of things that you can't really trust about the movie. I mean, I, I think that's what they were going for. I think the, that they were going for her being a victim. And then I think they wanted that to be sort of the backstory so that viewers could justify how she handled the situation in the subway. But it was a justification or just a parallel or, or a parallel. You're right. It could have just been a parallel, but again, it wasn't needed at all. Like she, what she did, I think anyone would have done. So I didn't even feel like it was necessary. I don't think, I think that they just needed to fill like however long this movie, like 86 minutes. And they were just coming up with random ideas. It didn't make any sense. None of it makes any sense. And I just want to go back to Keanu and the wife. I mean, do you think, I mean, did she invite him for cupcakes? Did he show up <laughs> at the doorstep? She's wearing laundry, holding a cupcake, and he's like, oh, great, we've got cupcakes. No, no, I just, Lord, not cupcakes, cupcake. A single right. cupcake. I mean, did he just ignore what she was wearing? Like, oh, great, you got the cupcake. Let, let's eat. I'm ready. <laughs> I just, I want to know what happened before we enter the scene that we see. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of questions there. there. That may be the biggest mystery of the movie. You think so? That that's it? I think so. <laughs> so the Immaculate Conception is it? <laughs> Holy cow. Oh, this poor lady. Oh, gosh. So Isabel is pregnant. She's pregnant. And, of course, she thinks it's a miracle from God. She she thinks that because she finds out, I think she finds out after her husband dies. Okay, yes. So she correct. believes that God has given her and the family this incredible gift. Now, here's what makes me mad. She's at the kitchen table and she tells everybody that she's pregnant. And, of course, they get very angry and assume that she cheated on the husband at some point because he hasn't been home in a year. The brother kind of reaches over and touches her hand and then gets up and leaves. Now, we know, and you said, so I don't think I'm spoiling anything, that he gave her a knife that night that she was in the subway. So he couldn't connect the dots about what happened in the subway that night with her and, like, stand up for her. Do you know what I mean? Well, I mean, but there's never any indication that anything happened. Like, she never has any kind of, like, PTSD or she never exhibits any signs of trauma, at least from what we see. Yes, I mean, but... You know it had been funny, though, if, like, in the previous scene, she gave the brother-in-law like, this blood knife. like, okay, I don't need it anymore. He's like, oh, what happened? It's just a paper cut. But I think the brother should have been able to figure out what had happened. Like, 
How, though? I mean, he, there's no well, other indication. We know that he gave her a knife, and then we know what happened at the subway that night. Like, he couldn't figure out that that knife was hers? That that, that the timing of that? You know? Like, she was the only person doing But what it. knife? He never sees the knife. <laughs> the knife is gone. Yeah, and the first, I mean, technically in the first scene, the knife stays in the subway. Yes, but he gave it to her. So in his mind, couldn't he be like, oh, yeah, I dropped her off at, like, 12.05 and I gave her a knife. And then, oh, look, at 12.07, something her- terrible happened. And then, oh, yeah, now the cops are asking me questions all about it. And now she's pregnant. Oh, you know, like, yeah, that's couldn't true. he, like, put the timeline together in his own head yeah. and, like, defended her? Oh, wow. That's a big hole. <laughs> yeah, that's it huge. Made me- Curious, like that he hmm, couldn't put the pieces together because they all turn her back on her, and that never gets resolved. And I feel horrible for her that she's gone through all this trauma and she has nobody left at the end. You know, so that really rubbed me the wrong way. Okay, immaculate conception. She's having a baby. I'm I'm just still going over this thing that you know the brother-in-law could have pieced all this together, and he definitely could have because all that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So he's kind of a jerk because he didn't do that. But I, I guess my only thing, maybe he, he has his own problems. Like the drug dealer thinks that he has killed the cop. So the drug dealer is now threatening him and going after him. And he like leaves town for a couple of days or hides for a couple of days. Yeah, but it's just the drug dealer is weird. Yeah. It's like, hey, the cops think you did it. So I need to kill you to get this suspicion off of me. <sighs> Say what now? How does that work again? Yeah, I'm still wrapping my head around that. I, I honestly like I was so too like in such a weird funk watching this that I couldn't even piece those together. I was still mad that the brother in law couldn't piece together what happened at the subway. But even that scene, even the scene with him and the drug dealer was just What, the final the scene? Final? That was hilarious. Oh, I'm rolling my eyes for people I can't say but like I mean the drug dealer finds him. And the Brother-in-law has said, like, if you're going to... Ki- what did he say? Like, if you're going to kill me, do it right. Like, that was... Yeah, or do it well or something well, to that effect. Some stupid thing like that. And so, we don't even really see how... Okay, here's what we see. This scene is terrible. Terrible filmmaking. Now, first of all, I have a question. So, the drug dealer is on a stairwell. And there is a man walking up the stairwell. And he asks that man, where is the brother-in-law? So that man is not yep. the brother-in-law. Is that correct? Do you remember this? Oh, I think. I, 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 you know, there's a lot of confusion. Well, let me movie. just play this out. Because in my... Okay, so I don't think that was him. So there's that scene. The very next scene, we see the brother-in-law holding his bloody stomach, walking to a bench, and the drug dealer yep. walking with him. So we missed all of, like, the killing. So what happened? Like, how did that play out? You have the drug dealer... And I'm going to call him the snitch. They're in the stairwell. The snitch is like, oh, he must be up in the room or something. So the drug dealer had to, what, like, gone up to kill the brother-in-law. How did the brother-in-law, with a bloody stomach, get all the way down the stairs and to a bench outside? Like, he was, I don't even know if he died or not. I, I have so many questions. He did die. But this scene is emblematic of the whole movie and that it just omits large swaths of the story to where it doesn't even make sense. Like by the time it, we see it, it makes no sense. Why would you like in any other movie, that showdown yeah. between the drug dealer and the brother in law, like that would be the yes. thing. Like that this is big moment. This movie, it cuts it out right before we get there and starts right after it ends. It is the wor- that is the part you would not cut out. 
But this whole the movie does this throughout the entire thing. It cuts out the most exciting bits and leaves us well, with it's a just scrap. So stupid because the brother-in-law, like, it's like he was just sitting like up in his room and he got like shot. And he's like, you know what? I want to die outside sitting on a park bench. Uh, he had to smoke. That's so he why walks he went outside. all the way. To, like, it's just so stupid. And then he's sitting there and he's trying to like light a cigarette. And the drug dealer's like, here, let me help you with that. And then, well, wait, when the drug dealer does that, did you know what I was going to happen at that point? In fairness. Uh, I guessed did you really? it. I guessed you it. Didn't read it. I knew the. Spoiler? Well, I mean, you just knew something did was going to happen. Like the brother. I didn't think the brother was going to kill him, yeah. but I knew the brother was going to do I something to him. I honestly didn't give this movie that much credit. I didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, but he does shiv him multiple, multiple times. The drug dealer dies. Now you said the brother dies because that's not clear. The brother walks away. I mean, he had a pretty significant. Gut yeah, but he wound. got all the way downstairs from like a top story apartment. Uh, look, I think it's clear the angels carried him to the park bench. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that I'll buy. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> so do you think the angels carried him up to heaven? After yeah. <laughs> the angels carried him to the bench, helped him shiv a guy, and then carried him off to heaven. They helped him shiv a guy? Oh, those are some... That guy, that guy is in no shape to be shiving people. He had to have some extraterrestrial... Well, no, not extraterrestrial. They look like aliens. Uh, that Some help. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, you say he died. I'll I'll take your word for it. Cause that's I mean, uh, I'm so angry at this movie. Okay, so he dies. He walks off. We'll assume he dies, but he's done. Well, then, uh, you know, I think I think this is still the cupcake scene with Counting and the wife. On the cupcake. For no real reason, she's like, "Oh yeah, Cullen told me everything, yes. all his bad details." I just I was thinking well, this is terrible writing that we have this big amount of exposition just to awkwardly push the plot forward because they could come up with no better idea than her for her to say that, and that again makes no sense. It's it's just this is such a weird movie. We've got it's part cop movie when you have a dirty cop. Yeah. We've seen these movies yeah. before. It throws in this weird angel you know religious thing that I don't quite understand. There's this whole serial killing drug dealer. There's a lot of just disparate stories. They never connect satisfactory, satisfactorily at all. And, I mean, everything this movie cuts out is just to make us ask the question, ooh, what, what was that? What did we miss? What's happening? Are they going to show this? And it's it's crafting this big reveal. Yeah. And, man, halfway in, I knew that big reveal was not going to live up to anything. It wasn't even going to be mildly Well, satisfied. here's the thing. They made Cullen, his, his partner, so evil that I could care less who killed him. Like, Good riddance, you know? So by the end, when we figure out what happened, it just makes me hurt even more for Isabel because now she's alone, she's pregnant, and she has all of this ordeals that she has to, you know, work through. It would have been cool if Keanu was the one that killed him. That, you know, like that could have connected all this to the, all it together. Maybe he, who knows? He the angels lead him to the scene. He kills Cullen, helps her, and like his whole investigation is just a farce. To you know, that would have been a good solidify movie. that he wasn't there. That would have been a good. Movie. I mean, at least that way, there's some connection here. And then you know, like the the horse connection. Like, oh, maybe that's why. They yeah, that's weird. You know, that unicorn thing. There's some connection there. I don't know. This movie is it just skips around so much that you're never really sure what's going on. And ultimately, never sure why any of it matters. Yeah, because they really did try to connect Keanu and Isabel, and there's literally none. There's nothing that connects them. All right, I think we. I think it's time to talk about the ending. I think we're there. But I just. I want to go back to the drug dealer and his amazing plan. <laughs> like, there's no reason for him to murder people unless he actually was the one that killed Cullen. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to murder people to cover up a murder I didn't do. That is the dumbest plan I've ever heard. 
And that's his plan. Is he doing it because they're snitching to the cops about... Nobody's snitching, though. Yeah, you're right. Nobody's snitching. So why is he... And he kills the... He kills the informant's wife, too. I don't know. Yeah, you know what? That That's some good questions to think about. There's no answer. I mean, yeah, no, no, there's no answer. Okay, what happened in this? I mean, really, the fact is, Cullen is so dirty. Yeah. Like, when we finally get to him, like, we get we start getting his real, like, how has nobody killed him already? I know, right? Like, he seems like target number one. That it, You know, cops, criminals alike, somebody should have killed him by oh, now. Oh, yeah, he's a monster. It is. I mean, his whole scene is disturbing. Oh, yeah, it was awful. So, are we are we there? We're there. All right, here's what happens in the subway. So, we find out that the brother-in-law did give her a knife because he's very concerned about her safety. She walks down to the subway, sees the homeless guy like before. She's waiting for her train. Nobody's there. Cullen comes and attacks her, pushes her from behind up a wall, assaults her, and... Then she takes the knife out of the bag and stabs him in the back and pushes him onto the rails. Right? Yep, that's, that's it. it. And wh- so that's the reality of the situation. She in her head manifested the angels, I guess, to help deal with the trauma of what was going on. Yep. Substitution. So there's no reason for the kid and that subplot. Because it... Well, I mean, it's just a parallel to yeah. the current trauma. And then... Like you and I, uh, and then there's there's just no reason for anyone to care that this cop died. Even his wife yeah, doesn't care. Even she's like, you know what? He was he was a monster. So the whole movie really just falls apart. So you know she's having his baby, and I was like, so she must have remembered. She remembers all of this, right? Or did we just, as the viewers, see it? Does she ever really remember? No, I don't. We I can't say one way or the other what she remembers. It's just because when she kills her dad. And then Keanu's, you know, in the right. apartment, and that's when they finally yeah. meet. Then the movie reveals to us what happened. I'm there. I can't say one way or the other whether she realizes what happened. Uh, you know what? That's actually a good question because the very last scene is her at a church kneeling and praying, and her manifestation of her as a child is sitting next to her, praying next to her. But then she disappears. So it's almost like she's ex- she's like healing all the trauma in her life. Which makes me think that she that is, that is a big does assertion. remember it. I I don't know. Because here's what I hate that this movie left her alone, assaulted, and pregnant at the end of the movie. You know? Like she has no family, what? she can't speak English, she's she's in this city all by herself, she got assaulted, she's you know, like there's no hope for her. I mean, the main issue of the movie, and we don't realize this until the final scene, is like the abuse and trauma she suffers. Yeah. I feel like this movie would have been much better to, instead of substituting it for some weird alien mystery, t- let's tackle that head on. Like, let's actually have her deal with that trauma. And, you know, you could have her, you know, substituting these memories, but we still know what's going on. But, I mean, for a movie about trauma, it does not actually deal with the trauma. We don't see that until the last scene. It just seems weird that for a movie about trauma, we don't deal with it. I wonder how long she was manifesting that little girl. Because if she's teaching a class, and she thinks that little girl's in the class. And she's, like, that's how it's always been. Like, that must have been before the subway. Like, she must have had that little girl manifested. Nah. Oh, you think it happened I mean, only after I get after what you're saying. Subway? Nah. Yeah, okay. I mean, with this movie, it only happened right then. Hmm. Interesting. All right. But it makes you wonder, like, I mean, the other kids would have noticed Yeah, right? Because she's, like, super crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's a big... 
Yeah. And then, well, she even talks to one person on, like, one of the trains asking about, like, Elisa. She's like, Elisa, who? Elisa, who? Like, we're not gonna, <laughs> we're not gonna follow that up. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's weird. Okay. I don't know. There's nothing you can really say about this movie because other than it's madness. It is pure madness. If I told you it got an 8% on Rotten Tomatoes, would you be surprised? I mean, I'd be surprised it's that low because we've seen a lot of bad movies. I'm not sure we've ever been into the single digits. Yeah, I think maybe LOL was in single digits. But this one was just bad because it was so cut up and mismatched together and there was no connection to story plots and it was just not pieced together well. So I I honestly think I could, an 8% good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as like actual, you know, the, the, most of these numbers are always skewed. I would say usually too high. This one seems about right, but it is an interesting like educational experience. You're saying, oh, you know, writing, who cares? It's all about the star. It's all about the action. No, like you watch this movie, you realize how crucial writing is and how yeah. subtle writing can be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. So it got, it got an 8%. People really hated it. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, I mean, the, the studio changes to focus more on Keanu, which his scenes are very threadbare. How, did they cut anything to focus on him? I mean, did we... I feel like they had to... the scenes feel like they were I feel cut. like they had to have cut the drug dealer killing the, the brother-in-law. Like... You think, you think that's the only part they cut? Like, at the whole movie? Let's just cut this one part in the most exciting part of the movie. Let's cut that. Well, I hope that there is a scene out there that explains that because it is just very put together so haphazardly that it's, it's kind of annoying. I wonder if there's an original script floating out there somewhere. Did you know that Philip Seymour Hoffman was supposed to play the lead in this, but a scheduling contract prevented it? Wow. Can you imagine? That's intriguing. Yes. And the budget was estimated at $6 million, so not... Uh, Keanu had to take a pay cut then. That's pretty low. Yeah, and again, I'm like, why? Why? (laughs) Why did he do this? He don't... But, I mean, I don't know. It's weird because he actually signed on for what the movie originally was, that we do not know what that looked like. I mean, he ostensibly had a very small part in this. What, What was that movie... He was in some movie where he was like a landlord, and he only had two scenes. It might be enough. I don't even know what that Whoa, was. I can't what? remember. <laughs> yeah, he was some That's landlord um, at a hotel. Oh, okay. But you know, he had two scenes in that, and I just wonder: was that what he signed on for initially? This movie? Did he have two scenes in the studio when they said, oh. "Oh no, we have to have more Keanu"? You know, obviously they stretched his scenes. I just wonder if this was not even what he signed up for. Then I mean, it couldn't have been. Well, I mean, that's that's a good guess. Who knows, right? All right. Well, look, I think you need to see if the original script exists somewhere and read it and let us know. Oh, <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be a very interesting exercise. It'd be a little bonus episode, an opinion, an op- addendum to this one. The director's cut was edited by Hervé de Luze. I butchered that. I'm so sorry. And is a surreal story that focuses on a young Latina who was abused as a child. This version was 70% in Spanish. Oh, you're right, Ward. The role Keanu Reeves played was originally intended to be a supporting one. However, during editing, Lionsgate decided to make the story focus on him rather than the female lead. You're right. And Keanu Reeves and Anna de Armas have filmed together before. So maybe that's sort of the connection. What movie do they have It's called Knock Knock. It's from 2015. Uh, Is that a horror movie? Probably. It sounds like a horror movie. I've not seen it, but... Wow, so the original story kind of was title? a surreal bilingual drama, reminiscence of Pan's Labyrinth. Okay, now I will say when I saw that 
Queen Angel, I did think Pan's Labyrinth. A very watered sure. down Pan's Labyrinth. But it was supposed to focus on child abuse, violence towards women, mass incarceration, and police violence committed under the color of authority. However, the movie was sold to Lionsgate premiere, which thought it had been sold a Keanu Reeves cop thriller. And that's how it ended up being it. Oh, dear. Yeah, so the, it sounds like the original one would have been pretty dramatic. That's... Well, it just makes you wonder, I mean, as cut up and choppy as this one felt, yeah. I just wonder, was the original intended version less choppy? I think it but was. Some of this stuff, like, because even those parts with Anna seem really choppy. There's just some scenes that, well, if you're going to cut, why would you cut this? Who knows? Yeah, uh, what a shame. What a shame. I mean, I remember it's some of the, I think it was um All the Beautiful Horses. I think Billy Bob Thornton directed it. And uh, it was too long. And so he, he all he did was cut off the ending. And the ending was like the main point. It's like, I watched that movie. The book is great. It's um, a uh, Cormac McCarthy book. Excellent author. But like the ending, I don't I don't know what he was thinking, but by watching the movie, he missed the whole point of it. Like the ending, like the whole point of what this was, he missed it. I'm like, like all the stuff you could cut and you cut the ending that kind of makes this movie that's a commentary on what happened. Yeah. I don't know. So sometimes editors just don't have a handle. I think that might have been what happened. It really does sound like the original intent was something very like dramatic and impactful and then what they did was they just missed the mark 100 percent. so oh well what a shame i think keanu will so cover to, to backtrack the movie where keanu's a landlord yes. uh, at a hotel that might be the neon demon i've seen that i don't remember oh wait i do remember yeah 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 was, was he the guy yeah, yeah he was he was yes he was he was in that movie very small scene yeah you're right that's a movie we should watch and talk. That's a weird one. This one. <laughs> yeah, but I, but it's not. Like, it doesn't really qualify for no, our show. It's, it's not really low rated, yeah, is it? Yeah, no. It would be a B-side episode show if you ever wanted to watch it and chit-chat. Keanu is also in The Bad Batch. You ever seen I that? I have not even heard of that. That is, It's such a cool concept, but it does not translate to a really cool movie. Perfect. But Keanu, Keanu plays The Dream. Ooh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just... For anybody wondering what that movie's about, in a desert dystopia, a young woman is kidnapped by cannibals. Oh my gosh. And he plays the But again, cool concept. I just said, not really cool movie. Okay. I wanted to like the movie, but the movie stopped me from doing Uh, it. So many movies do. All right. Well, I I think we've we've talked all there is to talk about this one. I would not recommend it. Save your time. Do not watch this trash pile. What do you think, Ward? Would you recommend this movie? I mean, I would... It's bad. And we've uncovered some very interesting things that have made me think about this differently. Or like, oh, wow, what a big hole that was. But it is, like, in an educational sense, if you think, oh, writing isn't that important, like, anybody can write a movie, watch this and tell me writing doesn't matter. This does a lot wrong. And I think think it's great, like, someone's like, oh, I want to be a film writer or screenwriter. I want to work in the industry. Have them watch this movie and then ask them, how would you fix this? How can you make this coherent and good? And as an educational exercise, that'd be great. Very, very few people watch a movie for an educational experience. <laughs> yeah. But so no, I mean, you shouldn't watch this. <laughs> this is it. But it's just, it is, it's just such a, I've, I cannot think of the last time a movie was so bewildering and seemed like it just, the weirdest parts were cut out. Yeah. It's still messing with my brain a little bit, especially since you enlightened me on some things tonight. So, all right. Well, listen, guys. All right. I have to ask, so who is your favorite actor in the movie? Like, who, who you like, 
Best actor. Oh. I give it to the dog. Like the, the dog, dog is just so awesome it. every scene. The dog same expression, it. same emotion. I'm gonna go with the dog. And I just, yep. I love when the guys yes. get the bath, like shaking the dog's leg, saying, "Calm down, buddy. <laughs> and this calm is down." The chillest dog you've ever seen yeah. in the world. Yes. That dog's like, look, I'm getting my actor's minimum yep. pay. I'm not doing anything <laughs> He's more. Like, That's it. <laughs> We're breaking for lunch in five, and you're not getting anything from me. <laughs> All right, guys, if you want to find the two of us, you can go to Box Office Refund on Twitter and Instagram, and you can go to Tee Public, T-E-E Public, and look at our merchandise, search Box Office Refund. We don't just have shirts that have our names on it, although you can find them. We design, word mostly, shirts that are inspired by the movies we watch. So go and check them out. There's really cool stuff there. Ward, where can people find you? What are you up to? How are your go-karts going? Oh boy. Well, first, you can find me at boxofficerefund.com. And if you're thinking, well, I've already, I'm already listening to the podcast. Why don't you go to the website? Many reasons. Oh, but you get to see images. There's images, there's clips from the movies we watch. You know, there's us making fun of them. It just, it's something to brighten your day. Maybe you're at work and you don't actually want to do work. Go to boxofficerefund.com and you don't have to work. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I do have a, I acquired three go karts this oh, week. Geez. Unfortunately, right now, none of them Ooh. work, but I intend to change okay. them. Okay. Actually, and just to amend that, I'm going to be looking at another go-kart this weekend. Of course you are. Perfect. Because yeah. you need an extra go-kart just in case? You know, okay. All right. Know, you, can, you never have enough. It, like Go-karts are like potato chips. You can't have just one. You can never have enough go-karts? Is that what you're telling me? That's right. You can't. You really okay. can't. All right. Well, if you want to find me, you can find me at Nico Bell Fiction on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you guys so much for listening this week. We really appreciate it. And we will talk to you again next week. Thanks. Bye. Box. Office. Refund. Box Office Refund Podcast. <laughs>